Hello, my name is Sarah and I am your chakra coach. On this podcast, we'll be exploring how the chakra system can help guide you to grow your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual wellness, leading you closer to your highest self. Hello, welcome to the podcast. I am, as always, so glad you're here that you've decided to spend a little of your time with me. Today, I have my friend, chakra coach and author, Erin Garay, on the show to tell you about her very interesting and somewhat unique approach to chakra balancing and healing. Uh, if you've listened to the show a lot, you might have heard me talk about paired chakras, and Erin is taking this to the next level. Her paired chakra system is all about establishing equilibrium, which is also the name of her book, but establishing equilibrium between two chakras that affect each other. The idea being that you can balance a chakra that's symptomatic by focusing on its pair. It's obviously more complicated than that, but fortunately, Erin does a great job of telling us about her practice, and she gives us some really good examples of how we might be experiencing unequilibrium in our lives. I don't know if that's a word, but she also teaches us how we can get some equilibrium, some balance back in our lives. I'm going to tell you about Erin, but once again, first, I'm going to ask you a favor. It's quick and easy, and it's just to rate and review this podcast on your listening app. Just go in Apple or Spotify or whatever you use and and give the show a nice rating, if you think it deserves one, of course. And maybe even spend a minute writing a sentence or two about why you like the show and how you think it's helpful. A couple people have done this in the past weeks, and I, I literally can't tell you how much I appreciate it. That's it. That's the favor. And follow or subscribe if you don't already. It's easy. Easy. So, about Aaron. Erin is an intuitive, a Reiki master, hypnotherapist, speaker, author, podcaster, and certified Enneagram and meditation teacher who loves unearthing behavior and energetic patterns to bring health and healing to her clients. She leans on decades of learning and experience to offer tools and techniques to audiences to manifest a life that, that feels richer and more connected. She hosts a weekly podcast, which I am going to be a guest on soon, and she teaches mindful leadership to corporations and universities. You can join her community at www.lovehealthrive.com, where you will learn to love yourself enough to heal and heal yourself enough to thrive. And you deserve that. Here's Erin. Hey, Erin. Welcome to the show. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited. You're, uh, we're going to have this conversation. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to talk all things chakras. Like you and I had said a while ago, I'm just, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, I'm so excited I, me too. to share I'm, this process. I'm thrilled. So first, as of this recording, how many days has your book been out? It just 
launched. I know she's like a newborn. <laughs> in fact, I took a picture. I, um, I took a picture of her tucked in my yoga tank top as like my book Bjorn, because before she released, I wasn't ready for her to be like more than two inches away from me. <laughs> That's sweet. Uh, so um, she yeah. came out on September 26th. And today, so and today's the 3rd of October. Today. I mean, one week old today, one week old today. Well, that is so exciting and such an accomplishment. And, um, you and I actually met well before this book came out. So we've been sort of having this conversation back and forth for a while. And I'm so interested. Um, first of all, everyone, the book is called establishing equilibrium. Um, and in it, Erin introduces a concept that she calls the counter chakra process and it's a process um like a a methodology almost of how to balance your chakras but not individually like we sometimes think of them like oh i need to balance my root oh i need to balance my heart but much more as a as a large system and in your process each chakra has a pair, which I've talked about pairs before, but yours are a little different than some of the ones that um, other people use. Um, but the idea is that they kind of function as a seesaw, mm -hmm. right? And you're looking, we're looking to balance the chakras individually, but also with their pair and then also as the whole system. So it's a big multi-dimensional kind of 3D situation. How am I doing so far? <laughs> this amazing. So great. Amazing. You know, and I, I want to start the conversation at, this is one way to use the chakra system. So I think that the beauty of the system is it meets you where you're at. I think we always need different tools at different times in our lives. And so I feel like this is one way to use the system and so, you know, I've committed to that particular way in this book, but there's a myriad of ways, you know, I, I liken it to GPS when you say, okay, don't take that road. Let's take a different road today. And this is an opportunity to use this. So I welcome all the ways. I think all the ways are great. Any way that you can get to connect to yourself and be connected to source is the way for you. So, um, I love this system, but I think there's lots of amazing, incredible ways to get there. Yeah. And that's so important because I think some people listen or, you know, are living their lives and like, I just don't understand this, this chakra system that speaks so clearly to some people just isn't working for me. And so what this book offers is a new way to look at the chakra system. And so I'm really excited. Will you tell me, um, oh gosh, I have so many questions. First, I suppose, how did you come buy the system, develop it, stumble across it. T can you really tell me a little bit about sort of the development of the counter chakra process? Yes. I, you know, I'm a Reiki master and, and I, the, the first weekend, cause I had been attuned for several different things, but the very first time I was ever attuned, I was only going to do it for my family. I so much so that uh, when the teacher was explaining how to set up your business, I was looking out the window. Like I was so determined. <laughs> my ego was so determined that my solar plexus was so determined that this is not what I was going to do. I wasn't going to start, start a business. And the very next day after I got attuned, I went to lunch with 
a casual friend. So, you know, like who you totally enjoy, but you see like once a year, right? Like one of those, one of those lunch friends. And she was a therapist and she said, Oh, what'd you do this weekend? And I said, Oh, well, you know, I got, I got a tune for Reiki. She's like, that's amazing. I have clients that want to do Reiki and you can use my office. And so, oh no. <laughs> so, you know, when the divine wants something, the divine wants something. Yeah. And so within 16 hours of being attuned for Reiki, I had an office and six clients to start my practice. I mean, it was, it was clear. It was a big push and, you know, energy has been my reality my whole entire life. So as a little child, I would run from ghosts in the hall and I would get premonitions and see energy and color coming off of people. So energy I have spent many, many years and so much resource on reading books, taking classes, getting coaches, learning how to manage and, and direct this energy in a way that's super beneficial. So I can rock it here as a human being here, as well as a spiritual body. So, but through my, my practice, I already had a, a, you know, I'd already researched and studied the chakra system quite a lot at this point in time, before I started my practice and as I was meeting with clients, I began to see this pattern that functioned a lot like a seesaw that uh, chakras were partnered with each other, that we had a partner, mostly one was partnered with the physical one within this physical chakras and one within the spiritual chakra. And I think that that is very uh, poignant because I think we do struggle with that every single day. I think we struggle with how do we be a human and a spiritual body here. And so it's not just that we are having this physical experience of this struggle between our humanness and our spiritualness, but our energy system is too. And so as we feed one's theme to the other and one's element to the other, we draw in this equilibrium. And so I, I saw this pattern. And so I began to log it. I began to test it and then it proved accurate. I logged it, tested it, it proved accurate. And so after several years of mm -hmm. it continuing to prove accuracy, I then decided to write this book and it took, you know, <laughs> five years for <laughs> designers, another five years, a yep. million decisions. So I, I found that it functioned a lot like a seesaw that when one energy center was excessive, the other was deficient. And what is interesting about that is we have often, we say, okay, here are the excessive symptoms. So the, the excessive chakra would be the one that is showing symptoms. But I found that in healing the asymptomatic partner that together, this partnership created balance and equilibrium. And then we then saw healing in the symptoms and TCM is, is, uh, follows the same system in that they look to heal the invisible. Mm -hmm. So I feel TCM like I'm being traditional Chinese medicine. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and they seek to heal the invisible. And so I feel like this offers a structure in that we can use the system to figure out what the invisible is. And then we can use that roadmap to bring healing and balance to the partnership within these this chakra partnership. So healing the counter chakra then heals the symptoms that are presenting in the chakra itself. 
In the excessive chakra. In the excessive chakra. So when we say in this instant excessive and deficient, that's a chakra that has a lot of energy, a lot of activity, a lot of outward expression of its, um, I guess its characteristics. And does that mean that the other chakra has less energy going through it and is then unable to express its characteristics? Is that kind of what that means? Excessive and deficient? Yes, that is a great question. So what is happening here? Um, yes, excessive means that all the, all the symptoms are showing up there and the deficiency happens though, because it is being between the two energy centers, this partnership wants equilibrium. It wants to establish balance. It wants to establish equilibrium. And so the deficient chakra is actually trying to feed the except the excessive chakra is trying to feed the deficient chakra to, to excess. So it's giving so much to the other energy center in an attempt to bring the two into balance that it becomes excessive while the deficient energy center is actually the drain on, mm. on the collective partnership. And so, but it's, it is asymptomatic. And so by healing and directing the healing toward the asymptomatic chakra, rather than the symptomatic chakra, it offers this incredible roadmap that draws healing and balance to both. So as you heal the asymptomatic chakra, the counter chakra to what is being symptomatic or presenting as symptomatic, the symptoms go away. And then both energy centers find balance and healing. Got it. Um, that's so interesting. Now we obviously in this interview do not have time to go through like every single pairing and every single possibility, but can you, can we do like a, for instance, like, um, you mentioned, like, so you said your solar plexus was so convinced you were never going to, (laughs) never going to, to do Reiki. And then it, it kind of forced its way (laughs) on you. Was that a, was that a symptom of imbalance in, Mm -hmm. in your life? And then did you like, I, I, I don't know, expand yes. a little on just a pairing or something yes. like that. Yes. I'm happy to go through as many as you want. I'm not sure how long <laughs> you want to talk about. Well, this I, is the first four hour episode of your chakra coach. <laughs> <laughs> I, I fully believe we could do that actually. <laughs> um, so I like to begin, I love that you brought up the solar plexus because I like to begin with the crown chakra and the solar plexus, because we already have Western scientific proof of the gut brain axis. And so according to the national center of biotechnology, we have 600 million neurons that live within our enteric system that lives within our gut. So part of our autonomic nervous system. Within this enteric system, these neurons release neurotransmitters that then create this bi-directional communication between the gut and the brain. So we know this to be scientifically true. It has been proven. So I don't think it's a huge leap to then believe that the organs that are, or the chakras that are feeding those organs would also be communicating and working in partnership. And so what this looks like is if we have an excessive solar plexus, then we've got this excessiveness going on in the solar plexus and we have a deficient 
uh, crown chakra. So there's my visual and then I'll yeah. stop. <laughs> what, um, what does an excessive solar plexus chakra look like? Yes. So the excessive solar plexus looks like critical controlling, um, you know, full of fear, our great ego that is running the show, but our crown chakra, as you know, is about our connection to the divine. It is about being in collective consciousness. So the antidote to this ego driven self-important energy that exists here in the solar plexus is by opening up to our part within the collective consciousness of the divine crown chakra theme. So you can see how these two themes can marry with each other, that we have this push pull between, I need to be a part of the collective consciousness and my divine, my divinity here within my human body and my human side that says push, push, push rather than receive, receive, receive. And so when we can marry the two and draw in, I like to go so far as given that the ohm symbol is the healing agent for the crown chakra to imagine the ohm symbol here within the solar plexus so that we begin mm. to marry the two. And when we draw that energy in together and allow that solar plexus to trust in divine, perfect timing to trust in the divine, perfect way, the divine people are coming in. The divine timing is coming in when we can begin to let go. It begins to heal the solar plexus. It begins to draw this energy, integrate this energy and establish equilibrium between the two. So these symptoms show up as criticism, anger, ego, uh, demanding uh, tendencies. And what you're saying with the crown chakra being deficient and then therefore asymptomatic, it, you can't see a lack of connection to the spiritual world. You don't, you might sort of feel it in some way, mm -hmm. um, but in a lot of ways you might just miss that because you're so driven by individuation through mm -hmm. the, the solar plexus. And so the counter chakra process says, let's identify where your symptoms are. I say, I'm filled with anger all the time and I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And the, the counter is not to necessarily address the anger directly. Mm -hmm. It's to say, well, then something's missing in your, your crown chakra, in your spirit. So instead of doing calming things to reduce your anger, you actively work to uh, spark your, your connection to the divine, whether that's meditation or mm -hmm. um, any sort of tools like that. Mm -hmm. Am I, am I understanding sort of the process now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, another great example is our throat chakra and our sacral chakra. So the sacral chakra develops between and matures between the ages of seven and 14. And our throat chakra is our opportunity to speak our truth. Our sacral chakra is about our home of our emotions, and it is connected to connection creativity and our sexual organs. So we think about our teenagers who are going through puberty and there's a whole lot going on in that sacral chakra when we ignite puberty, but what happens to our teenagers throat chakra during that window? They do not want to speak because there is such an ex excess here within the sacral chakra and a deficiency here within the throat chakra. So mm -hmm. this also looks a lot like 
cold shoulder or we're so mad that we can't speak or we're so emotional that we can't speak, right? That there is this connection when we can then connect and, and the opposite is true here in this. So I want to show, I want to show one where it's um, one way and then the opposite way. Cause yes, I think that's a really please. powerful way to see that. Cause it goes both ways. Uh -huh. When the throat chakra is excessive, we have the over talker. We have the person that is just spewing words out into the room, but they are not connected to their emotions. Their words are not connected. This also looks like when we're really mad and they say, you know, don't, don't talk to people when you're mad because you're just yelling and you're not thinking about your emotions. You're not connected to your emotions. So there is this disconnect here between our emotional state, the home of our emotions, our sacral chakra, and the words that are coming out of our mouth. <laughs> so there is this, this disconnect and, but when we can lend a voice to those emotions, when we can get clear here and, and connect to those themes, then we find balance that we find thoughtful words that are connected. And, and then we ultimately feel connected because, you know, the over talker who's spewing words everywhere actually really desires connection, but because they are not connected to their emotions, they're not connected to the energy of the sacral chakra. No one is feeling connected to those words. And there's a really interesting, um, uh, health technique in Ayurvedic medicine where it's called Usha Udaka. And it is where you boil your water in the morning. So I boil my water every morning. And in the process of boiling the water, it is actually off gassing that element so that the water is in more of a consumable, more digestible place. And so I find this so interesting because as you know, the element that heals the sacral chakra is water and the element that heals the throat chakra is gas. And so even the elements themselves need to be in perfect balance and equilibrium for themselves to be digestible. And, you know, according to that methodology, you actually boil it for different amounts of time, depending on your body state. And so I just, I find it so fascinating, of course, because, um, everything in me just, uh, radiates this, this, message. And as I was beginning to see this over and over and over again in clients, I just felt like I wanted everyone to know this, this system. Yeah. And I just sound, I, I'm always fascinated by how these things do tend to work together because I think a lot of these systems are functioning off of some basic sort of, um, core truths. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there become, you know, across the world, many different ways of of expressing these truths. And that's how we sort of develop varying uh, techniques across the globe, which I think goes back to your point way earlier, which is, this is one way to use the chakra system. The chakra system might not even be the way you choose to balance your energy. So there are other systems, in my opinion, that are equally true and contain that uh, that healing property. So anyway, I feel like that was a bit of a tangent, but in my, I, you know, I had a launch party on Sunday night, so I gave um, a talk that night. And one of the, the parts of that talk I think is worthy of bringing up this perfect right here is to say, you know, we only, we are make very convinced and you on your podcast, give lots of convincing arguments as to why people should begin now. Right. But only, you know, when is the right time for you. And I feel like the where and the what find you, I don't, yeah. I don't feel like you have to go searching for that. I feel like 
where and what find you. And this is one version of how, and there's lots of versions of how, and the how that's right for you right now is going to find you. But what is most important out of all of those things is determining your why. And I think when you figure out your why as to why you want to heal or why you are ready to face the stories or the beliefs that we have held within our bodies, because it is your why that's going to push you through that hard truth. When you come up on, I've allowed these stories and beliefs that have embodied within my body to hold me back, but now I'm not going to do that anymore. Now I'm not going to allow that to happen anymore. I'm going to move forward and break these energetic imprints and change these energetic imprints and live the most happiest and healthiest version of my life. Yeah, absolutely. The, as they say, when the student is ready, Mm -hmm. the teacher appears. And, uh, every time I think that might not be true, I'm proven wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I think it's interesting, you know, just from like a spiritual path, so often we get connected to our teachers and our healers and, and, and then when it's time for them to go, it's time for them to go. And I know as, as the receiver in those relationships, we feel really sad and we miss, we miss that relationship. But I think also recognizing that it's time for you to graduate onto the next person. And I think that's hard on both sides because sure. as the, as the giver of that too, like we miss our clients too, but you also, it's like, it's like being a parent, right? You're like, Oh, good. Like you're moving on to your next, your next place. But I, I think there's yes, a lot of grief but, on both sides there. that sure. exists. But as a teacher, if you never get your student or allow your student to move on on their own and really start to explore their independence, you know, how are you're just, you're just creating a cycle where in that sense of, yeah, dependency, and that Mm -hmm. starts to feed into a teacher's ego, right? Mm -hmm. That's more about the teacher than it is about the students. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So returning to your um, counter chakra process, what sort of tools do you use? So once you identify where the excessive energy chakra is, and then you know the deficient one, what sort of tools do you use to help people learn to balance? I mean, I assume you include some tools in your book, not just like, here's a problem. Good luck to you. Um, <laughs> Best of luck to you. <laughs> Looks um, like you're a mess. I know I am. <laughs> well, and so here's my book. Um, so this really beautiful visual Mm -hmm. of the seesaw and I, on purpose named it establishing aside from that, the URL wasn't available, but the divine was making that happen. Um, I didn't say establish. I said, establishing equilibrium, because I think every day we are establishing. Sometimes we shift one degree and sometimes we shift 180 degrees, but that we are always establishing equilibrium. So all of us every day, all the time. And so in the back of the book, I include this, um, wonderful little roadmap that is kind of the quick marker that says, I have these 
presenting symptoms. Let me move to this chakra. So I I've laid it out really easily in two pages, but I mean, again, that is the top line. I think you would agree that, um, the magic is in the subtlety and it's what, where we find that nuance within our own self. But, you know, I make food recommendations. I make crystal recommendations. I make, uh, med- I have, a complimentary companion med- guided meditations on my site that go along with it. Got it. But yeah, you have to start somewhere, right? Like, yes, I a hundred percent agree. Like the subtleties and the nuances, the importance cannot be overstated. But you also cannot get to the subtlety or the nuance if you have something overwhelming that's mm. blocking it. If you have overwhelming emotions or sadness or um, even joy or overwhelming desire for connection at the expense of your physical body, which to me would be the reverse of that sort mm. of gut brain connection mm-hmm. that people, mm-hmm. there are lots of people in the world who are so committed to uh their spiritual practices that they neglect their, their physical bodies and their physical health. Right. And that's also unequilibrium. That's not a word, but imbalance imbalance. There we go. Yes. Polarity is imbalance. Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. And so, well, and yeah, you got to start with like a, this is my big symptom right now. And then if you can't identify the tiny little details of it, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And our third eye balances the five chakras below it. So it is what, you know, our intuition is called our sixth sense because the five energy centers below it, the five chakras below it manages one of our senses. And so our sixth sense is the culmination of those five senses, then integrating here within our sixth sense within our third eye. So When that third eye is deficient and we are not listening to our intuition, our divinely right intuition, that is, that is actually a really hard place. So there's, there's two parts to this because when the third eye is deficient, then that means that the five below it are excessive. So it is this hard reality that people are experiencing. So it is the excessive symptom of all of those energy centers. So it is greed and materialism in the root chakra. It is blame in the second chakra. It is control criticism and fear in the third chakra. It is lack of self-love in the heart chakra. And then in the fifth chakra, it is over talker. But if you are experiencing those, that can feel really overwhelming to your point. However, by getting quiet and just drawing in and allowing and trusting, beginning to recognize what your intuition feels like, like, oh, I'm getting goosebumps or I have a flash of light, like beginning to recognize what your intuitive guidance looks like. It then balances the five energy centers below it. And Mm. to your point, the example that you gave where they're not part of this world, when we have an excessive third eye, the five below it are deficient. And so there is no real touch point here in reality. And, you know, we don't show up for things and we don't rules don't apply to us. And when we are living in this excessive third chakra state, that's, that's imbalance as well. And so what we want to achieve is equilibrium and balance between both, because we want both. We want to rock it here as a human and have an amazing spiritual life and one supports the other. And, you know, we, we want that balance so that we can 
be an incredible spiritual body, just living inside this human shell. So you actually skipped ahead to my next question, yeah. which is great. <laughs> I was thinking, gosh, there's seven chakras. And I know that in a lot of systems, there is a chakra that does not have a pair. So in this system, it's the third eye. And that was a beautiful explanation of, of what happens as it stands alone, mm-hmm. um, which leaves us the heart and the root as sort of your third, your third pair. Can you speak to that just, just briefly? Mm-hmm. Why yeah, are those when- paired? say that again. Oh. I just said, why, why are those two paired? I have, a, so, I have a hunch, but I want to hear you. <laughs> um, when we are in our root chakra and we have excessive root chakra energy, we feel that we are greedy and we manipulate to attain greed. And we have a deficient heart chakra that allows us to place material good and material presence above relationship. And when that flips, we have the people pleaser who probably has a hard time making money and, or believing that they're deserving of money or have, you know, adrenals that are fatigued because they're giving so much to so many people. And, but when you, and if you think about that, when do you When do you give and open up in a relationship? You do this when you draw in the themes of the root chakra, that you feel safe, that you Mm -hmm. feel secure, that you feel provided for. And, um, and so when you draw in the themes and the energies of each of these two energy centers together, you then find this person that is relationship rich and material rich. And often when we become relationship rich first, then the money just shows up. People pleasing is a sign of a deficient heart chakra energy. Excessive. Sorry. Excessive. excessive. No, no, no. I think you said it right. I just wanted to make sure I had it straight in my head. So if we, oh, that makes a lot of sense to me. If you have a lot of outward pushing energy from your heart, you're just constantly giving and giving and giving, and it's drawing from the root. And so when you're giving away, giving away, giving away, you don't feel safe and Mm -hmm. secure, but it stems from, so the counter chakra focus here though, when you are a people pleaser is, I I mean, I've seen this a hundred percent in my, in my studies is it, it roots back to the root cause there is from zero to seven, that there is, um, a situation that may have happened that made that child feel unsafe unloved or only lovable if they could do things or provide things and not loved for themselves. And so while we have this people pleasing symptom here in the Uh excessive heart, the healing takes place here in the root chakra in giving that little person love and security and safety and knowing it's okay to say no, because they love themselves first, because one of the significant themes of the heart chakra is self-love. And so letting that little child feel their own self-love provides this balance here between the heart and the root creating this equilibrium here. In your research, did you find that there was a pairing that was more often imbalanced or is it spread out pretty equally? Um, is Is there something that happens a lot? I'm always interested in sort of the cultural repercussions on our energy systems, like the world we live in to me really impacts where our imbalances show up. So I'm curious if you found uh, 
something to be more predominant, particularly and say like more women have this imbalance or mm-hmm. more male identifying people have this imbalance? Did you find that to be the case at all? Ever? That is such a good question. What I did find 100% and adoption is amazing. I have so many friends who have been adopted. I have so many friends who adopted children, but I have found 100% that the, um, root chakra, as you might imagine between zero and seven was deficient in that they had this very traumatic, of course they can go to homes that are loving and adoption is amazing and wonderful. It's just the, you know, the facts like that. Um, and so I think you don't have to be limited to that. I think you, when you know this, you can do the root chakra work and heal and bring that balance in to live a powerful life. But if you were finding that you feel that you need to be a people pleaser and, and you are, are adopted, I think, you know, working on that root chakra center, I think is really important. I have had several clients who were adopted that made some incredible, uh, advances in their life, in their energy based off of just, uh, integrating that energy. So a lot of these imbalances are necessarily caused by circumstance. Um, I, I think, I, I think I always think that's really important to acknowledge is that things will happen outside of you, particularly when you're young, that you simply can't control. And it is going to cause some energetic trauma. It is not your fault. It is, you are not responsible for mm-hmm. that. You may choose to do work now that helps you heal and feel better now, but mm-hmm. you know, that little person mm-hmm. has, is never at fault for the experiences, for the circumstances that came upon them. So I do think energetic trauma is tricky that way because we live in a society that's so like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You did this thing and you are responsible for you. Well, sometimes things happen that you can't control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I describe it in the book as an energetic imprint that, and especially between the ages of zero and seven, it doesn't even Mm -hmm. have to be something textbook traumatic, right? It can be, you know, I talk about in the book that I, when I was five, my family said we were on a, we were visiting my grandparents and they sent me to bed early. They were on the East coast. They sent me to bed early. And I was like, well, it's like, I'm the youngest of three kids. Like I never went to bed early. (laughs) And so then I came out into the room and they were all eating ice cream sandwiches. And my grandma said, Oh, we didn't have enough for you. So we sent you to bed. I know. Right. Like ice cream to a five-year-old is like such a big deal. You might as well have just looked at you in the eye and been like, we don't love you anymore. Exactly. You were excluded. Um, So I ran to my room. Of course, my mom came in and, you know, I was crying and then she brought me out and sat me on her lap and you know, shared her ice cream sandwich. But what I talk about in the book is that that ice cream sandwich was tasteless to me because our sacral chakra is about our sense of taste. And so I was so emotional that I didn't even taste that ice cream sandwich, but I think, and, and I've had to do a ton of work on feeling tribally included because this is one of the themes of our root chakra. And I was within that age range and it was this, but it wasn't abuse. And it wasn't, you know, but for me, and I, th- I think it's really important to recognize that when you are working with that zero to seven year age timeline, 
the perspective is so great when something happens because you only have seven years that you're working with or five years that you're working with. So as you, as you age and can look back on it, your perception is different because you have more years and more experience to work with. But when you were a child and something happens like that, um, it is, it's traumatic for the child because it means something, you know, like what does ice cream mean to like a little kid? It oh my gosh. Everything, I know. That's but... a big deal. I would be really upset if that happened to me now. <laughs> and I don't even like ice cream, but I would, <laughs> if people sent me away so that they could enjoy a thing that they knew I would like, I would be, I would be very offended. That is not like that. That is trauma. Right. Exactly. But I, but I, I love that example because it has had a significant impact on my life. And I've had to work very hard at not getting nervous in groups when I feel like I'm getting close to a group and then I get worried. Someone's not going to invite me to their ice cream party. Right. And so, so was that a death? No. Was that you know, physical or sexual abuse. No, but that did have its own energetic imprint. So I don't, I share that story because I don't want anyone to diminish their own experience. Like it could be the smallest thing, but if it's affecting your life and it created this energetic imprint, that's continuing to replay throughout your life until you start to respond to it differently and change the energy around it, it needs to be honored. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. And I like that this is a I mean, it's a fairly straightforward process on how to start addressing the things you discover are affecting your life from any age, right? Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter when these things happened or when this imprint uh, attached itself to you. This is a process to identify it and start balancing it. And I'm, I'm fascinated by this working with the invisible, because I think a lot of times we, we, we don't do that. We, we tend to want to medicate the symptoms mm-hmm. and your approach is to is to sort of come up underneath them as opposed to on top of them that's the, that's the mm-hmm. visual that keeps coming right I Instead like that pushing the symptoms down you're lifting up like mm-hmm. healing to the symptoms and I think that is mm-hmm. yeah I think that's well a really originally it was I described this as a seesaw and you know one is high and one is low and so I love that completely echoes that because yeah. you're, you're raising the lower one up to then tamp, uh, uh, what's the word temper. That's the word I'm trying yeah, to look for, exactly. um, temper the excessive one so that they meet in balance. Yeah. Because I think probably, I mean, like you were saying, your excessive chakra is just looking out for the deficient one, right? It's just, it's like, Hey buddy, I see you. I know you need help. Mm-hmm. I, 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 let me, let me get in there and let me do it. And mm-hmm. Um, let me feed you. Let, let me, me feed you this you. energy. Me, yeah. And that's, it seems like that would be a great solution, but it doesn't always work. And so I think this is really interesting. What kinds of tools do people use? Uh, you said guided meditations, um, other kinds. I'm Reiki. You're a Reiki master. Is that a, a uh, Yes. Although in the book, I actually don't talk about Reiki at all because uh, this book was built to, was written to empower the individual. I want people to know that first and foremost, they, this is your roadmap. And, you know, when I first got attuned for Reiki, um, at the end of the workshop, there was a practicum, right. That you then (laughs) heal each other for the first time. And 
we were in groups of three. So I let the other two people go in front of me first. So I could just watch the energy move and dance. And so then, then it was my turn. And the moment I touched this person's energy, I saw a pickaxe on his shoulder in my mind's eye, I saw a pickaxe and I thought, Oh, that's interesting. I mean, I I've gotten, I have, I've had a lifetime of images and visuals. So that part wasn't alarming to me, but I thought, Oh, interesting that this is showing up here. And so then at the end of the session, I told him about the pickaxe and he said, wow, you know what? A few years ago, I went on a mountain climbing excursion with my dad and a bunch of friends and halfway up the mountain, I lost my pickaxe and I could no longer ascend the mountain with the group. Like I had to, I had to go back down. And he said, I feel like that pickaxe represents all of the personal struggle, his, his personal limitation, his career limitation, his private life limitation. And so we cleared that energy and, and then it was really in that moment that I felt like, okay, I need to know everything (laughs) there is to know here because we hold the roadmap to our healing, our stories, our beliefs, our experiences all within our body. And when we can empower ourselves to look at those differently and to experience those differently, and to create a new roadmap within our body, then we can draw in our healthiest and happiest and most authentic, amazing life. So if he'd had this book, he might've been able to sort of clear up his own pickaxe energy. Is that <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, I know mean, yes. that probably sounds kind of silly, but I mean, yeah, but it's true. On, but it's truthfully, true. like he would have been able to look at what was happening and mm-hmm. like I say pickaxe energy, right? But that would yeah, be a that would be a deficient chakra area that he could that he could address. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, so yes, Reiki addressed it in that case, but your your goal, I feel like just from our many conversations, is to truly help people find that the ability to clear those things up on their own without mm-hmm. the assistant, without external assistance mm-hmm. necessarily. Well, you know, I do talk about this in the book. So it is about raising our energetic frequency. So every emotion is measurable and it is about raising our energetic frequency because like attracts like. So as if we were to have a lower energy frequency, we're going to attract that, which is equal to that. And as we raise our energy frequency into states of love and gratitude, we then attract things that are equal to that energy frequency. So for instance, I say, I recommend crystals for each energy center, but I talk about it like you would use, uh, weights at the gym. So, you know, you don't carry your weights. What's that? (laughs) I said, say more about that. Yeah. So, you know, you don't carry your weights around with you all day forever. You go to the gym, you work out, you use your weights and then you put them down. And so, I advise you to use your crystals, but you're not dependent on the crystals. You're using the crystals, the gift of the crystals to raise your energetic frequency until it has reached the level that it needs to reach. And then you are done with the crystals. So I don't, I, in recommending crystals, I don't want people to think about using crystals like, oh my gosh, I forgot my crystals today. My day is ruined. Like, no, we're using our crystals as like a, symbolic barbell (laughs) and you're using, yeah, you're using it to raise your energetic frequency. So if you don't have them that day, that's okay. And at some point your energy frequency will be that high that you, that you no longer, like you said, when the teacher, when the teacher is complete, Oh, how beautiful is that? It all came back around when the teacher is complete, 
it, it's done. And I would say the same thing about all the tools. Our ultimate goal is to raise our energetic frequency to a vibration that is equal to the life that we desire. And when we start drawing in a life that we desire and the people and the experiences and all the serendipities that we come to know and love, then we know that we are at the energetic frequency that we are desiring. And so we use these tools to raise our energetic frequency. Amazing. And your book is now a tool that's out there in the world for people to use. Yes. To establishing equilibrium. Yeah. Establishing on equilibrium. Amazon. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about it. Congratulations again on the book release. I know this has been um, just a absolute passion project for yeah. you. Um, that's been in your heart for a long time. So um, I am grateful that you have brought it out to us that you I've had the courage to do so because that is a lot of work. So, <laughs> so we appreciate you. Um, so it's available on Amazon and you also have a website. Tell us more about where we can find things. you, Erin. Okay. Tell us all the uh, things. Yeah. So, um, I put out a Sunday newsletter on Sundays. That's full of inspiration and meditation. Um, I hope to have you on my podcast at love, heal, thrive. I would love that. Um, would love another chakra chat and, um, I am on YouTube at Aaron Gray. I put out Sunday meditations and, um, and then Facebook and Instagram. I'm learning on, on Instagram. I've been on Facebook for a long time. I'm starting, we're all I'm learning starting short form. I'm so much better in the long form, but, um, but I'm learning. <laughs> so yeah. please follow me in all those places. Even, um, you can, yeah, you can come grow with me. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely check you out and I'll put all of that in the show notes. So it'll be really Thank easy you. to find. Um, but I just wanted to say thank you again, Erin, for your time and your energy and um, your passion for this information and for sharing it with everyone. Thank you for having me on here. This was amazing. And I look forward to many more conversations with you. As do I. Have a great day. I'll talk to you All later. Right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Take care.